It's exhausting. But I'm being nice. Yeah, but you are being not being decisive and you're not taking initiative. It's frustrating. It actually doesn't feel like you care about our relationship. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, want your wife to love you more? Be more decisive. Be more decisive. Yeah. It's kind of sexy. I think we should make the decision to start the podcast. Okay. That's my decisive decision. All righty. Let's go. Here we go. We had an interesting conversation with a couple last night. We did. We did. Do you remember last night? You said that with a question mark. We did. Yes, we did. No, I didn't say it with a question mark. <laughs> if I did, it didn't mean to me. We had an interesting conversation with a couple last night around this idea of decision-making, responsibility, initiative. It all falls within that same realm. Right. Tracking with me here? Yeah, for sure. So here's how it kind of works. And it also incorporates the nice guy syndrome, okay? Here's where we're going to start. Okay, here we go. I love you. I care about you. Your feelings matter to me. I'm trying to be a good, loving, considerate, compassionate, kind, emotionally intelligent husband. Your feelings matter to me. And I'm not the only guy out there who wants to make sure that he treats his wife kindly. Correct. He, He doesn't want to run her over. He doesn't want to be this dominant, oppressive male, my way or the highway, fall in line woman, do what I say. He doesn't want to be that kind of person. Oftentimes, they don't want to be that person because they've actually experienced that, usually in some sort of previous experience or environment. Right. Growing up or work or whatever that is. And so they're trying to be the exact opposite. Yes. And we're going to call that the nice guy syndrome. They want to be the nice guy. And that's nothing wrong with that. Would you say? No. Your feelings matter. Yes. I, yes. I want to be nice to you. Yes. Problem is when you swing that pendulum too far and I now defer all of the decision making to you. So, hey, honey, let's go out to dinner tonight. Where do you want to go? And I do that. Every, every night, night and every decision. Hey, honey, this, let's go do this. I kind of come up with the idea, but then I never make the decision. I never take the initiative to say, hey, honey, we're doing this. Yes. I'd love for you to come with me. Yes. What happens when I am constantly deferring the decision-making process to you out of my nice guidedness? It's exhausting. But I'm being nice. Yeah, but you are being not being decisive and you're not taking initiative which means what for you what feelings does that generate when i'm constantly deferring i'm not taking initiative it's frustrating it actually doesn't feel like you care about our relationship in a weird sort of way well i want to understand that weirdness sort of way because women well i like for you to say hey i'm taking you on a date and you just take me. You've thought about it. You've planned it out. You've made the plan. Made the plan. I've scheduled. Yeah, you've done. I've you've called. Done, yes, you have done everything. But what if you don't like my decisions? Well, sometimes that happens, and that's the part that okay, may so bother get, you. Yeah. But for me, even if I don't always like the place that you may have picked, to me, it's like 
he thought about me. He actually planned this. That makes me feel cared for. It makes me feel loved. It makes me feel thought about. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm valuable to you. Yeah. That doing things together is valuable to you. And so you're telling me that if I make the decisions, instead of asking you what you want to do, and I make the decisions and I just invite you to do what we're doing. Hey, honey, we're going to do this. Come with me. Mm-hmm. I want to do this together. I want to do this for you. But you don't get a say in what we're doing. Just come do this. You feel more loved by that? Yes. I will put some caveats on that. I don't want you to do that every single day, all the time, a hundred mazillion bajillion times. <laughs> Hold up, mazillion? Yeah. <laughs> That's a new one. I like it. Yeah. A hundred mazillion. <laughs> because because I do want to have input and say into things that we do. Of course. Because we are a we at yes, the moment, exactly. not a me plus, plus one. <laughs> yes. Yes. But if you think about me and you say, oh, I want to take my honey out to dinner and you come in and you say, hey, honey, I want to take you out to dinner. Where do you want to go? Yeah. Well, you wanted to take me out to dinner. I don't want to take me out to dinner. That's a good way of putting it. If you came home and said, hey, honey, I want to take you out to dinner. I thought of this place or this place. Yeah. Do you have a preference? Yeah. Not you choose, just ask, do you have a preference? Right. And if I say, no, I don't have a preference, then you choose. Yes. Don't say, well, will you pick one anyway? Yeah. So that... I can make sure I take you to the right place. No, don't do that. Having a preference, especially you have to do that with me for a lot if we go out to eat yeah. because I have some food restrictions. Food restrictions. Yeah. And I'll just put this out here and you, this is new information to you probably. Okay. When we go out to eat, you're usually asking me, well, where do you want to go? Uh-huh. I know that. And it does get a little bit tired Yeah. because... I don't want to have to choose every single time. We kind of have it down to the places that yeah. I can go to. So if if you said to me, uh, do you want to go here or here, which are in two of the options that you know are available to me, yeah. um, then I can either choose from that and say, oh, I don't care which one we go to. Yeah. And and then you still are the one making that choice. That That's very, that's just like, oh. Yeah. It's a lot on my plate to, when I'm already having to worry about all these other things, like yeah. all the things that I take care of and do, and then to have one more thing that's supposed to be taking care of me, another choice or yeah. decision that I have to make. Yeah. Oh, that's exhausting. So let me tell you about the dysfunction on my end that plays into this. Mm-hmm. The choice of pain. Okay. I can either cause pain by constantly making you have to take responsibility and make the decision, Uh or I can cause you pain by me making the wrong decision and then you being disappointed. Disappointed. Right. And I'll tell you that for years, I deferred to the first option because I was terrified of disappointing you. Right. I didn't want to ever disappoint you. Or let me actually rephrase that. I don't want to be disappointing. I'm not thinking about you. I'm actually thinking about more me. I don't want to be the person who's disappointing you. Right. That compromises or threatens my ego. That threatens my identity as a good person, as a loving husband. And it was really, really hard for me to admit that I was afraid of disappointing you. Right. And I actually treated you like you were fragile. I can remember using that word. Like if I disappoint you, you're going to shatter. You're going to break. You're not going to survive being disappointed. And by extension, because I caused you to be shattered, I'm a horrible human being and a terrible husband now. Right. Or it made me feel like 
I didn't ever have the option to be disappointed. So when you did make decisions and I was not thrilled with them, not that they were terrible. You couldn't be honest. I couldn't be honest. Yeah. Except for I, I'm a poor poker face. Yeah, you are. Then you'd be disappointed and frustrated because I was disappointed. And it taught me it's not okay to be disappointed or to share disappointment. And I know that's a big one for you that you don't like to be that. And so, um, yeah, it it didn't look real pretty no. early in our marriage. This was a huge dynamic in our relationship early on, and it still has its little fingers in our of relationship now. I wish it was better 100%, but right. I fully succumbed to that nice guy syndrome. And I've stolen that term, okay? I'll put the link in the show notes here, but it's actually from a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. It's guy written by Robert Glover. He actually is up in Seattle area. And it's actually a book about male codependency. It's a book about men who are afraid to be Come themselves, step into who right. they really are because they're afraid of being rejected. They are insecure about uh, not having people like or appreciate them in some way. Right. And so it, it identifies these very clear characteristics of men who are afraid to be decisive. They're right. always deferring. Right. Again, they're, they're these nice guys. And it becomes toxic and not very attractive. Right. You're not a very attractive man when you do this. Right. I I think it I think I think there's a little bit of play on both the husband's and the wife's sure. part in this because I'm sure that there are some husbands out there who try to do that and make a decision and then their wife does show disappointment, yeah. but the way they show disappointment yeah. is like, "Oh, okay." You know, it's yeah. there's no like th- Thanks for thanks for making the effort yeah. or anything like that. And after that happens enough times, or maybe yeah. it doesn't take a whole lot of times because yeah. it, it's hard for the husband to have done that in sure. the first place because it's like, I made the decision, but I always want her to decide. So it's the right decision. The next layer down on this is it actually requires me as a husband to become an incredibly good student of my wife, of you. Right. So I know what you like. I can. I can skew the odds in my favor so that when I decide X, Y, or Z, I know that you typically like those because I've paid attention to what you like. And when I'm just not aware, when I'm not paying attention to who you are, how you're wired, and what you want, then I'm guessing most of the time hoping that you're going to like something. I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, we as women, we need to make sure that we're seeing seeing the effort. Mm -hmm. Um, that our husbands are putting in, but it's hard to do that when, like you were saying, as a husband, you are trying to figure out what I do like and know yeah. those things and make decisions based upon what you have studied and learned about me. Yeah. And so it's really hard to be thankful for the effort when you feel like your husband doesn't know you, yeah. isn't really paying attention yes. and caring. Yes. So it's kind of this weird balance mm. of figuring out how to see the intention and and the effort that they're mm-hmm. making and and be thankful for that and still be okay with oh, I'm a little disappointed because this isn't this is not what I like. Yeah. Like if you took me out for Thai food or something yeah. because well if you wanted to go to Thai food you'd probably tell me that's where we were going. But if you took me out saying, Hey, I've got this great date planned for us and you take me to Thai food 
I don't like yeah, Thai food you're at be all. Disappointed. I will be disappointed because yeah. it's like you know that I don't like that. So you're not disappointed in Thai food. You're disappointed in the fact that I don't know you. Yes. And Thai food there you is go. is just the uh, um, medium to. Yeah, it proves that yes. I am don't I don't know you. Yes. I think that that causes more of the injury for wives because we've been married 15 years and you still don't know that I am allergic to peanuts and I can't eat peanut brittle. Right. Will you buy it for me. Or whatever, whatever, whatever. I, I, you know what? Now that you say that, I really think that that's what it comes down to is that the sadness of not being known. Yes. Because you said that and just all these things lit up in my brain of how many times I felt that. Not just necessarily with you, but other things because I have a lot of allergies yeah. and things like that. And when those are forgotten by yeah. people that yeah. should not forget them. It's like, I'm not known. Yeah. And that's painful. Yeah. And so I really think that that's kind of what it comes down yeah, to I think so. in this. And for a wife, at least how it makes a wife feel. Yeah. And um, a husband wants to not disappoint his wife and not make the wrong decision and wants to be nice and kind by allowing his wife to choose so she can have yeah. what she wants. Because that's what, what you want. You yeah. want me to have what I want. Of course. And so it's easier to give me the choice. Yeah. But the choice is not always the best. No. I still need to practice this. This is something that I want to focus on and become really good at in 2023. It's not a New Year's resolution kind of thing. Right. But we're coming up on our 30th wedding anniversary we this coming year in April of 2023. And of all the things that I wish I could do better as a husband, it would be communicating love to you by being the best version of myself and being decisive rather than deferring, right. putting the responsibility onto you, adding extra emotional pressure for you to make the decisions all the time. Right. I don't know how well I'm gonna survive. <laughs> and and how well I'll do the last three weeks of December of 2023, a year from now, we'll have to evaluate how well right. did we do, how well did I do, and if there's a noticeable difference and how it makes you feel. And for the seven people who are listening to the podcast right now, you can email us a year from now and say, hey, Paul, how'd that go? Sure. Okay, what's what's going on? Did you, did you do better at that? But I would like to become less worried about disappointing you mm -hmm. and become a better student of what you like and who you are and then giving you experiences and things in your world that help you become the best version of you right your eyes are all lit up right now oh i just, just i think pretty. it's great i was i was thinking too because i am not i am far from the person that I was yeah. with, that you married. Yeah. I've just changed. Man, we both have, thankfully. In so, yeah. so many ways. And and so it's kind of like you think that you've become, I mean, you know me well. Yeah. You really know me well. But there's still more things to learn because I am not that same person. And there's no. things that you knew about me back then that I don't like anymore yeah. or don't do anymore or yeah. not interested in anymore. And so learning about your spouse, and the same with you. Yeah. So learning about your spouse yeah. is definitely, that is lifelong daily. Yeah. I think here, I'm going to just throw this out sure. here. I think that Christmas is probably one of the biggest tells on that of how easy is it for you to figure out what to get your spouse for Christmas 
Oh man, without I can't ask- believe you're going there because I was going to go here. Oh, were you? Yeah. Without asking for a Christmas list. Yeah. And so, and not just spouses, but like, how good of a student are you of your family? Of all of it. But anyway, yeah. so that's just my little side note there. Man, that right there. For a lot of men, that's actually kind of hard. There's some men who have a personality that, especially the ones who the love language is gift giving. Right. Our son, our middle son, Sam, he is just so good. He's thinking about this in September. Hey, what should we get a mom for <laughs> I think he's Christmas? thinking about it all year round. All year round. But he's thinking about other people. Hey, I think this person would like this because he's highly relational. He does pay attention and he wants to give you a lovely experience by yes. getting you whatever gift, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the majority of men who, you're right, this is a terrifying or lazy season of the year because they just go, I'm just going to buy you the biggest or the most expensive, whatever, whatever, without much thought into it versus I've been paying attention. I know who you are. I know what you like. And I am going to get you something that is meaningful, not just easy. I'm going to get you something that's meaningful. And I will admit, this has been stressing me out. I hate this season. (laughs) I I hate gift giving. I'm not wired for it. I can say I'm covered this year. Okay. Oh, goody. I got what I hope is going to be a very meaningful gift for you. I've put some thought and energy and effort into it. Um, And we'll see, again, what next week's podcast sounds like after Christmas on Sunday. See, I don't even care what it is. I'm all excited because (laughs) of all those other parts and bits to it, that it's something meaningful. Yeah. And over the years, you have stress about getting something, and I have stress about, am I going to be forgotten? I've stressed about, I am afraid I'm going to disappoint you. Even after you open the presents, I am studying you. Is she disappointed? Is she faking it? Is she pretending to like it, but doesn't really like it? Is she lying to me right now? I'm worried about all of that. I'm trying to evaluate and I'm going to have to just trust. I bought you something that's meaningful to me. I think you're going to like it because I know you. And this is from me to you. And we'll see how it goes this year. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay, you're all grinny again. Look, I'm just excited. It, it should be, be fun. fun. It, I'm, it's going to be a fun Christmas. Yeah. But the whole point of this conversation is husbands, you can love your wives better by becoming more decisive. Yes. And the decisions you make are rooted in being a student of your wife and knowing who she is, what she likes, and how she's wired. Yes. That is the best way to show her love rather than forcing her to take on the emotional weight of being responsible for every decision because you're afraid of disappointing her or looking bad. That's a bad way to love your wife. That's what we're trying to talk today. And if you're listening to this, dear listener, and going, man, he's describing again what's happening in our house and you want your husband to hear this, be cautious about just shoving a podcast under his nose and go, you need to listen to this. My hope is that you can hear again uh, a husband, a male, a man who is aware of this and is trying to change this. And in some way, you can bring up the conversation and go, man, I had a podcast. It was so validating. It was so encouraging. Would you like to hear this? Can we right. talk about this together? Use it as a conversational prompt, not a, I told you so. You better get your act together, you <laughs> right. chump. Okay. Use it as a, a conversational starter um, because our hope is this 
we're at 22 minutes and 39 seconds at the moment. This, this brief conversation between you and I can lead to better conversations for a dozen, two dozen, a hundred other couples out there who want to have a better relationship going right. into 2023. And if the nice guy syndrome is kind of ruining some of those dynamics in their relationship. Then now you have a name, you have to, you can call it something and you have a path, a direction of how to start changing some of right. this. And if you want more specifics or help or direction on this, email us paul at securemarriage.com or shannon at securemarriage.com. Tell yep. us what's going on. We usually reply back and, or make a podcast episode about it because yep. we want to help as many people as possible. I think that's it. I think so. It is fun to do. Again, I like doing podcasts with you, especially in the afternoon. I'm a little bit more awake rather than the mornings. And the sun is shining. I think that's helping. Oh, thankfully the sun is shining today. And it's just a few days before Christmas. So for those who um, might listen to this before Christmas, when it first comes out, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Um, For those who are listening to it in July um, (laughs) of next year, um, happy 4th of July. (laughs) We'll, you know. Have have a good week. We'll just do Christmas in July. We'll do Christmas in July. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Bye-bye.